Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Ooh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do is answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Hey, it's Jesse Kelly. It's time for you to join half a million people in doing what? Well, doing something cool. Get a Burna Less Lethal Pistol. That's Burna, B-Y-R-N-A. It fires powerful ammunition, tear gas, kinetic ammo, incapacitates an attacker for 30, 40 minutes. Having a less lethal option is crucial. It's legal in all 50 states. No background checks are required. They ship it right to your door. B-Y-R-N-A dot com slash Jesse gets you an exclusive 10% discount. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up. Or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE. Or go to timesharejesse.com, Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. What was 
the first communist revolution. No, it was not Russia. There was one that came before it, and it ended pretty quickly, but it's one the communists to this day still talk about. We will go into that here in a moment today. Oh, it's going to be a blast. It's going to be a blast. We have BK coming up today. We have Bethany Mandel coming up third hour. She sees a coming crisis coming for a coming crisis coming. There's a coming crisis coming, coming, Chris. Anyway, (laughs) coming this summer for parents. Iran threatening to attack the U.S. Capitol. And the big doozy of a story. Don't kid yourself. This one is the biggest headline. Biden considers using private firms to surveil extremist chatter online in in response to domestic terrorism. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. That's not going to be good. While I tell the story today, just pause for a moment and consider your belief system. I want you to think about your belief system. And again, I want your honest one. The things you believe about everything. The things you text your buddies in private, private message someone on social media, that meme you share, the stuff you joke about with your uh, neighbor buddy out back when you're having a beer. How much of that stuff do you think the Democrats in this country would consider extremist? Now how much trouble are we in? Yeah, we'll get back to that here in a few. But first... Let's go to a place I like to call France. Full disclosure, I've never been to France. Yes, now I've never been to France. Chris, why are you looking at me like that for? See, Chris wants to bring up the big fancy European trip already off the bat. Look, I went to Europe one time, pal, and I went to two countries. It was Austria and the Czech Republic. Those are the only two places I've been. All right? Only two places I've been. I will tell you, I did enjoy it. I enjoyed the food. I know know you're going to find this shocking. I enjoyed the food. I very much enjoyed the beer, uh, the scenery. Again, you're going to find this really shocking. I really geeked out on the history over there. You could go through. I know. Shut up, Chris. You can geek out on the castles. I mean, there's so much history. They They have churches that are 500 years old. It's just crazy. So I loved all that. But I've never been to France. I hear it's beautiful. I hear the food's good. I hear the women don't shave their armpits. But I've never been. And the sad part is because of all this coronavirus stuff, I'm probably never going to go. Because I don't think you're getting into Europe in a decade without a COVID passport and all this idiotic stuff. I bet you're not. Anyway, be that as it may. Don't get me distracted. 1848. A famine sweeps through Europe. And what you're experiencing, just know this, in this period of the 1800s, early 1900s, really all throughout the 1800s, that is is something you need to think about as a period of upheaval in Europe, where the old order, the old monarchs, the monarch families that have been around forever, they were getting tired and worn down, and the people were getting sick of it, and there started to... There started to get to be new ways people were thinking about things. And America helped contribute to that, too, by the way. Remember, 
1776, we fight this revolution, all these things happen. And people in Europe are looking across the pond at this new country, the United States of America, and they're saying to themselves, wait a minute, we can govern ourselves? We don't have, we don't have to have a king? Now, you and I, I'm speaking obviously to my American listeners, you and I, that's all we've ever known is a representative republic, you vote in your people. But realize this, people in this era, in Europe, in the 1800s, most of them, all they have ever known is a king, an autocrat of some kind. That's the only form of government they're even really aware of. And you, imagine if you lived under a king. And, and I don't mean a good one, because there were good ones. Imagine you lived under one or two bad ones. And then you start to hear that, wait a minute. Like every couple years, they, they pick their leader and they switch them out and stuff like that. If they suck, they, could, they just have that freedom every couple years. Wow, that's kind of cool. And that way of thinking starts to sweep through Europe. But there are other ways of thinking also sweeping through Europe. You see, it's a time of upheaval, and that doesn't always result in something better. Realize that. That's part of what makes the American Revolution is so unique. It was somebody revolting against an established power, and you came out wealthier and better and freer on the back end. So often, some big revolt, some big upheaval results in more disaster than you had in the beginning. There were other ways of thinking going through Europe. A guy, maybe you've heard of him by the name of Karl Marx. He was spreading his communism through the the European masses like a plague. People started to say to themselves, instead of things like, well, we should get rid of the monarch and have a representative government, the communists were already starting to say things like, why is there private property at all? You see, it can manifest itself in really, really ugly ways. In France, the people were getting tired of their monarch as well. In 1848, the Second French Republic was established. Yeah, they go through them over there. It should be noted, whether it's the first, second, third, the French Republics always end up turning into monarchies anyway. I'm not making this up. The French authoritarian at this time heading into the 1870s where we're going, you know what his name was? Napoleon. No, it wasn't that Napoleon. It was Napoleon III. It was his nephew. And I know you're going to find this shocking. He turned out to be a bit of an autocrat, a bit of an authoritarian. The, the Napoleons, they, 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 they tend to want to be in control for the most part. Now, France starts, and this is about 1850s, 1860s. They'd been pretty authoritarian. They, they did not like this whole Marxist-Communist fever. And, and it's not like they didn't like it for the right reasons. You know, you and I hate communism because we know it, it ends up in death and destruction and misery. That's why we hated it. The people in France, the powers that be, the nobles, the guys in charge, the powers that be didn't like it because they didn't want these people thinking they should be in charge of anything. I want you to understand something today as we go through this story real quick. You're not going to like the people of the Paris Commune because they're socialists, they're communists, they're collectivists, whatever you want to call them. They're every scumbag you can possibly imagine. But 
Keep that in mind. You're not going to have a sympathetic ear for them, but the people they were rebelling against really had it coming too. They did. There aren't necessarily good guys in the story today. Germany ends up looking pretty good, but we'll get to that in just a moment. Now, France, 1850s, 1860s, the world is starting to enlighten. Is that a great way to put that? When I say that, when I say enlighten, I mean a, a mere hundred years before this, a hundred years, 1750. If the king of England didn't like how you looked at his wife while he was riding by in a carriage, he could boil you in oil and it wouldn't exactly be an international controversy. He'd just send his guys right out to grab you and they'd pull your fingernails out and and torture you to death. But by this time, we've seen an advance in something and it's something that was good at first. What is it? I'll tell you in a second. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. I have broken free. I have broken free from allergies, and I want you to do the same. I do not like medication. You know, I don't like putting chemicals in my body. Lord knows I eat bad enough anyway. I don't need more harmful stuff in there. And so, no, I did not enjoy having to take that allergy medication you buy at the pharmacy every day and drown yourself in it as the pollen fills the air. I hated it. I don't do it anymore. Why? Because I haven't eaten pure thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever seen in my life, and I've had lots of them. It's somehow smaller and quieter than all the rest, and yet it's the one that allowed me to take that allergy medication bottle and chuck it in the trash. I celebrated that night. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Use the code word JESSE at checkout. That gets you 10 bucks off. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. We do have some good news. We, we have some, actually, some great news. Are you ready for this? You thought it was going to be all bad news today and communism and stuff talk? <laughs> well, hang on. Listen to this. The reason I'm bothering to do this is I keep hearing on the press, Biden's going to raise your taxes. Anybody making less than $400,000 a year will not pay a single penny in taxes. Woo-hoo-hoo! Biden 2024, baby! <laughs> so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing, man. By the way, do not forget, we have BK coming up third hour. Bethany Mandel next hour. She's a writer. She has a prediction about a crisis coming this summer for parents. Buckle up for that one. Anyway, it's 
I, I don't want to get too distracted from my Paris Commune story. I'm going to get back to that in a moment. But it is, honestly, having a guy with Joe Biden's <clears throat> deficiencies. Is that, are we allowed to say deficiencies, Chris? The Jewish producer, Chris, give us a ruling on this. Is deficiencies okay? Uh, Chris says we all know. We do. I mean, everybody knows. It is embarrassing to have that guy as president of the United States of America. Not because I disagree with his politics. I mean, that sucks too. But having Joe Biden as president of the United States, it seriously is the equivalent of an NBA team drafting a midget to play center. It is. It, the one thing I need you to do is something you can't do. You're the commander-in-chief. You're the leader of the free world. Life is harsh. I need you to stand up on camera behind a microphone and speak. And that's the one thing he can't do. <laughs> it's amazing. He can't do oh, Anyway. All right, back to my story. The Paris Commune. What we've seen now in the 1800s is the rise of international journalism, the rise of communication. And that's really the thing that is holding these monarchs who are still clinging to power. It's really the thing that's holding them back from doing things <clears throat> the way they used to do things. No more no more just boiling somebody in oil for the heck of it. I, I have to actually have a reason apparently now or they'll go telling someone else and it'll be an international incident. So you are seeing countries open up more. France is starting to open up more at this time. Starting to loosen up free speech laws. All right, now that's France. Let's set France aside and let's go to a place you're going to know as Germany. But know this. As of this exact moment in our story, it's not Germany yet. They are all, at least they think of themselves as all Germanic peoples, but they are a bunch of different little places. You would know this area in general as Prussia. It's more complicated than that. I'm not going to go into all the details of it, but just know Germany at this point is really a place called Prussia, and some others, some significant, some smaller countries that, that eventually combined into Germany. Think of it as the United States is 13 colonies before they became the United States. That's a great way to put it. Accurate? No. Not 100% accurate, but pretty dang close. Pretty dang close. And there's a guy running things right now for Germany. And he is, well, for, I'm going to keep calling. Now I'm going to call it Germany for Prussia. And he is a certified genius. A diplomatic, I mean, maybe the greatest diplomat in the history of mankind. And just as a brief aside, his name's Otto von Bismarck, but as a brief aside, don't discount diplomacy as being an essential part of war. People throughout history, the smart generals, the smart conquerors, they have realized diplomacy has its place. It's not an alternative to war, to what you want done. It oftentimes is a component to what you want done. What, what do I mean by that? Well, here's a great example. Otto von Bismarck. Here's this guy. And he, what he wants is a one unified Germanic country, which obviously, as you know, he's eventually going to get. 
And then they had some screw-ups after that. But anyway, what he wants is one Germanic country. That's his goal. He can't seem to get all these countries to want to join as one country, and that is difficult, right? Do you ever look at the world? I'll tell you in in a weird way. I look at the world like this sometimes. You find out about a country like uh, what's a good example? Luxembourg. Go look up right now if you're at a place on a map. Go look up the country Luxembourg. Yeah, that's a country. That tiny little booger on a map in Europe. That's a country. It's it's minuscule. I have no idea. I'm just looking at a map. How big this is? It seriously looks like the size of Rhode Island. And so you look at a country like Luxembourg, and at least I look at it and think to myself, well, why wouldn't you just go be part of Belgium? Or why wouldn't you go be part of Germany? Or join somebody, France, do something. Why are you sitting? What are you doing? But the truth is people love their independence, and they should. These little countries in in the Prussian sphere, they may have felt a, a kinship with all Germanic peoples and whatnot, but they didn't want to be part of Prussia just yet. Well, what did Bismarck know? Here's what he knew. He knew that people, when they get angry, when they get afraid, they will unite for a cause. Hint, hint. Wink, wink. Jewish producer Chris just told me Rhode Island's actually larger than Luxembourg. Okay, picture. That's true. All right, anyway, but that proves my point. Well, you, you have these smaller countries. Bismarck wants them to join Prussia. Like, hey, let's all join together. Let's all be one. They don't really want to do it yet, so what are you going to do? Well, Bismarck knows they need to be angry and they need to be afraid. How are you going to make them angry and afraid? Well, here's how you're going to make them angry and afraid. You're going to get big, powerful France right next door to attack them. But Bismarck, when I said he was a genius, I really mean a certified genius. He had a, he had a situation on his hands, and his situation was this. Europe is more than just France and Prussia at this time. As you know, there are countries all over the place. Germany had just fought a war with Austria-Hungary. You obviously have England. You have countries all over. Bismarck doesn't want to attack France because he's worried about other countries in Europe who are already giving Prussia the side eye. He's worried about them jumping in on the side of France, and then he loses. So what he does is a series of little diplomatic things to ensure these countries either won, like Prussia, like Austria-Hungary. I said they just beat Austria-Hungary in a war. They didn't dominate or destroy Austria-Hungary. They took a little land from them, and in the end, they were like, hey, we should be just be friends, right? And Austria-Hungary said, yeah, we should. Let's fight World War One together. I'm sure that'll go well. No, that's not what they said, but that's how it ended up. But he did a series of things like that to get other countries on his good side. Then he starts poking France in the ribs in ways that France, they can't really... Take it. If you're a country, you're not, you shouldn't be able to take that. Think of these things like, uh, like Iran sending their warships to harass our warships. They've been doing that, right? You can't, you can't take that if you're a major power and you want to save face. Now, our people don't care about saving face because our people in charge hate the country. But if you, you can't take that if you're a major power and want to save face. But you also can't bomb Iran off the map for that either. 
right? You put you in a difficult situation. Bismarck is the king of putting people in difficult situations. We will go over that next as we continue our story in the Paris Commune. And they're coming to spy on you. Hang on. Your gear matters. When I tell you to carry a weapon, what have I always told you about that? Make sure you're doing it legally. Make sure you learn how to use your weapon safely first. And then train with your weapon. Train with it to make sure you are fast and accurate. Guess what? And this is a bitter pill to swallow, but none of that stuff matters at all if your gear fails you when you need it most. When I tell you not to go buy some holster that's made in bulk in China somewhere, please believe me, that can cost you your life. Northwest Retention Systems, everything is custom made, the highest quality. Oh, and did I mention American made? Go to nwretention.com. That's nwretention.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE when you get there. That gets you 10% off. Biden's going to raise your taxes. Anybody making less than $400,000 a year will not pay a single penny in taxes. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. You can find me, don't forget, on social media at Jesse Kelly DC, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I'm also on Locals. I can't be kicked off of there. So that's probably a safe place to go. All right. Germany goads France into attacking first. Germany had also fortified its diplomatic situation so no other country is going to fight on behalf of France. And I know you're going to find this shocking, but France overestimated their own military ability and severely underestimated these plucky Germans. Not that that had ever happened again afterward. France gets absolutely steamrolled. They're simply not the nation that Prussia is at this point in time. They get steamrolled. And part of this steamrolling is, people don't, for some reason people don't know about this, it's fairly significant, Prussia laid the city of Paris to siege. They surrounded Paris and put it under siege, not making that up. And sieges are terrible things. Fascinating things. No, I've not forgotten about Siege Week. We're going to do that again one of these days. One of these weeks, I should say. But sieges are so awful. And realize, this is not only something that's done in the ancient world, and it's not only something that's done by the bad guys. Your country's laid sieges too. Those boats, those Navy boats you put out in the harbor, to blockade the port of that country you hate? You know what they're there for? They're there to stop food from coming in. You know what happens when you stop food from coming in? Women and children starve to death. 
just because you don't see it, just because it's not an ancient Genghis Khan siege where people are throwing themselves off the walls doesn't mean it's not happening. That's real. And I'm not criticizing it. That's the way it has to be done. But what do you think you did to Japan in World War II? What do you think you did to Germany? That's what a siege is. They're just awful. And the crazy thing about France is, and this is why, I swear, this is why they have a revolution every other minute. I think they're having one, like, right now. Chris, remember yesterday we had that headline, half the country wants a military coup? The people who lead France, maybe it's just because they're French, they can never seem to stop making it so obvious that they live a better life than the people underneath them. They not, they not only will do it, they'll rub it in in your face. It's one thing. Listen, you have a boss probably at work. Maybe you are the boss, but let's say you have a boss at work. Maybe your company's done really well. Hopefully, it has company you work for. Root for everybody out there. It's one thing if your boss is wealthier than you. That's expected. If you're if you're anything but a child, of course he's going to be wealthier than you. He's the boss. He owns the business. He runs things, right? Okay, that's fine. That's, all right, no big deal. It's another thing entirely if he drives a brand new Lamborghini to work every other day and shows off his new Rolex he bought every other day. Did I tell you about the beach property I just purchased out in the Caribbean? Oh, here's some pictures of it. Oh, no, no, you can't visit now, now you're creating animosity. That's what the French do all the time. The people who are running the place look down at the peasants and they'll eat the delicious food right in front of them. And now the city's under siege and people are dying. People are eating rats. They're eating their shoes. The rich are not only still eating well, they're bragging about how well they're eating. Like I said, the bad guys are obviously the communists in this story because they're always the bad guys. But don't think of the French elite of being good guys. They're morons, absolute morons. Now, the war ends. France has to hand over. A little, little side note for you later. This, this is going to apply for, oh, I don't know, two world wars France has to hand to a now united Germany, pretty much united, a now united Germany, the areas of Alsace and Lorraine. I don't expect those areas to mean anything to you, but just know this. From now on, when you hear about World War I and France wanting Alsace and Lorraine back, and at the end of World War I, they took Alsace and Lorraine back, and then World War II starts, and Hitler wants Alsace and Lorraine back. Is it... You see, there's a long history there of this area changing hands. That's the only reason I brought it up. Anyway, back to our story. France is now in the middle of a complete societal revolt. They have just lost a war. National pride is wounded. The leadership was terrible. The nobles were awful during this siege. And what happens? France starts to get word there are a lot of very, very... I mean, rebellious doesn't even put it, it doesn't even, doesn't, it's not even the right word for how nasty some of these groups are inside of Paris at this time. You have anarchists, you have socialists, you have what they call neo-Jacobins. You, I want you to think, you had Antifa and Black Lives Matter, okay? That's the best way to think of it. You had these groups not only rising within Paris, I don't mean they're uh, stopping traffic in L.A. and you and I laugh about them on social media, 
I mean, there are thousands and thousands of them, and you get word they're starting to arm themselves with revolution on their mind. France freaks out, as, as you can imagine, as any government would, and they send in a general with some troops. Why? Not to put these things down. They send this general in there because they have a whole bunch of heavy weapons still in Paris, and they need him to get to them before these groups do. They really can't afford these guys getting their hands on all these cannons and things like that. Except you run into a problem. The general gets in there, and then he runs into the communists. And his men won't shoot the communists. Because the communists, by now, they're sympathetic figures for one, two, their fellow Frenchmen. You're asking, he was asking his troops to fire on fellow Frenchmen, and they wouldn't do it. And the general they sent in had a bad reputation for being a jerk. How did that turn out for him? Well, they promptly arrested him. The communists did and shot him. He died right away. And then they seized the weapons. The general was there to prevent them from seizing. Again, picture Antifa, Black Lives Matter, uh, storming a National Guard base, getting a hold of a few tanks and some artillery. Do you think that would be a fairly significant deal? Oh, yeah, it was a very significant deal. And remember, this is the capital of France. This is the government. The government. Think about this. Here's a great way to put it. What do you think uh, Joe Biden would do? Current president. Setting all party affiliation aside and whatnot. What do you think Joe Biden would do if... uh, Four or 5,000 Antifa Black Lives Matter people stormed a National Guard base in Washington, D.C., grabbed artillery, tanks, planes, and everything else, and started marching toward the White House. What do you think they would do? What do you think Congress would do? Yeah, the exact same thing Paris did at this time. The government simply packs up and leaves. Uh, Okay, well, we're going to go. We're definitely going to be back, I hope, but... You guys, you guys can hang out here for now. I guess we're. I think we're okay. The government packs up and takes off to Versailles. Now Versailles is only, I think, thirteen, fourteen miles away. But they packed up and moved to a place they thought they could defend. And you're looking around. Think what this. Think what this had to be like. You're looking around as the Paris government, as the French government, thinking, "Wait, are we still in charge? I feel like we just got run out of our own capital. We're not in charge anymore. Who is in charge?" Well, I'm going to tell you that in a second. And then the spying they're about to do on you. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com. Jake's Mint Chew will help you quit dipping because it allows you to keep your dipping routine. What do I mean by that? Well, the dippers know exactly what I'm talking about. You have a routine for dipping, and when you've done it for long enough, as I did, I did it for years, you get to a point where it's like eating. 
It's like drinking. It's like going to sleep. It's part of your daily routine. Well, when you buy Jake's Mint Chew, and they have 11 different flavors of Long Cut, four different flavors of the CBD pouches, when you buy Jake's Mint Chew, what that does is it allows you to keep that routine, only it's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. This is the way you will be able to finally transition out of dipping. It works. Take it from me. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE at checkout. That gets you 20% off. The Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Do not forget. You can email me anything. Your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions for Friday. Remember, I'm going to start answering those, at least some of them, throughout the week now because we're getting so many. All your emails go right to Jewish producer Chris. He prints them off for me. I read every one of them. I am not going to email you back. I get too many. I read them all, though. We got some nice hate mail today. Somebody emailed in and screamed at me about, what did he yell about, Chris? He says, you tell everybody to balkanize, but you live in Houston. Why are people dumb, Chris? Why are people dumb? <laughs> now, if it's the email, we would ever. It doesn't matter to me at all. All right. Before we get to this Biden spying on private citizens thing. The government of France, the official government, they're outside of Paris now. They had to pack up and leave. They're over in Versailles. Who's left in France? Well, the people who grabbed the guns. This group of socialists and anarchists and and just people who really just hated everything and everyone, but they were all radical and they have to come together and figure out, uh, one, are we in charge Two, if we're in charge, like, how do we be in charge? What, what does this look like now? I mean, it was one of those things they were violent, but they were organized to make it happen. And now it became real. And now you're looking around like, what do I do with it? So they form, surprise, surprise, with these communists, a central committee. How do we proceed from here? Well, that was the big mistake they made. They were trying to decide if they should gather up all their men and weapons and march on Versailles and finish off the government that packed up and left. Instead, they decided they were going to stay. Now, let's worry about that later. Let's stay in Paris And enjoy the fact that we're in charge now. And we're seeing some of this in America today. Hint, hint, wink, wink. They were near the end. They almost had their communist revolution in Paris. But they looked around. Hey, we are the central committee now. Oh, look, there's a pretty girl over there giving me the eye. Ooh, I I can eat a steak for dinner. Oh, life ain't bad over here. They decide, okay, well, let's, let's just... Let's have an election then. We, we need to have an election of some kind. But here's the thing. The world is watching. Again, this is 1871. The world's watching and paying attention. And the world is horrified. 
it's not just the other monarchs that are horrified. Everybody's looking at this rabble, this violent mob that took over um, the what the best city in the world at this point in time. Maybe that's probably fair. At least it's it's in the top five. They, they, they okay. A vi- wait, a violent mob took over Paris, and now they're they're what they're deciding who gets to govern. And it wasn't just the world. People in Paris, people in France are looking at this, and yeah, they may have hated what they had, but these people were insane. So what happened was they had an election, but all the sane people, they didn't come out and participate in it because they didn't want to give legitimacy to what they thought was a total sham. So the only people who voted in the election, I think they voted like 90 people in charge or something like that. The only people who voted in the election were the crazy ones. It was all the communists and and the anarchists. And so the people they put into power were just nutballs. And immediately they're they're starting to push things. Tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Like separation of church and state, which is not in your constitution, by the way, and not anything the founders ever wanted. The only the only separation of church and state that we ever talked about was Thomas Jefferson wrote about it in a letter to his friend. And now every leftist thinks it's in the constitution, you morons. It's not. But they wanted more than a separation of church and state. Like I said, this thing was radical. They wanted really the removal of the church, period. They wanted organized religion gone. They arrested the Archbishop of Paris. They they wanted this stuff gone. They wanted the abolition of any child labor. They wanted the seizing of private property. Oh, and if you packed up and left your shop when the communists took over, it's our shop now. They just... Communists doing communist things. So the French government, they finally start to get their act together and say, okay, we have to do something about this. We have to do something about these crazy people who've taken over Paris. So they gather up some troops and they're pulling them in from all over the country. And they're not sure how this war is going to go. Remember, these troops they're pulling in from all over the country, these are the same troops that just got their teeth kicked in by Prussia. I mean, just got done getting their teeth kicked in. Half these guys were former POWs. But they gather up their troops, they gather up their cannons, and they begin to march on Paris. That's right. The French government itself marched on Paris. And... The thing about it is, when you scare a government, it's easy to scare you know, an individual person. When you scare a government, something happens each and every time. You know what happens when you scare a government? I'll tell you. Hang on. Your daughter doesn't want to talk about why her room is a horrible mess. Your son doesn't want to talk about why he's wearing mismatching socks. Your spouse doesn't want to talk about their bad haircut. Families don't have to talk about everything, but they should talk to plan for an emergency. Pack basic supplies in a go bag, water, canned food, flashlights, batteries, medical supplies, IDs, and some cash. 
talk about where you'll meet in case you lose one another. And of course, don't forget to pack the dog treats. Talk to your family and make an emergency plan. Go to nyc.gov slash readyny or call 311 to make your family's emergency plan. Brought to you by New York City Emergency Management and the Ad Council. Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Oh, the U.S. government's debt-to-GDP ratio is worse than Greece's before the 2008 crash. That's from fee.org. That is not, that is not good. That's not good. Oh, before I forget, if you miss any part of the show, The whole thing is podcasted right after the show's done on iHeart and Google and Spotify and on iTunes. On iTunes. Leave a five-star rating and leave a review talking about how handsome I am. What, Chris? It's important. All right, we're going to finish our story here on the Paris Commune, and then it's time to talk about you getting spied on. Hang on. Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. I'm not going outside until I know everybody outside has had the shot. So I'm going to be wearing my mask probably, you know, into my 90s. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. We're definitely, we're definitely fostering some really healthy mentalities in this country, right, Chris? That's, 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 you're doing well. You're doing well. I'm going to wear my mask until my 90s. I've said it, and I believe it 100%. 10 years from now. Most of it will have faded away, but 10 years from now, you will still see young, relatively healthy people walking around outside with masks on. You will. You will. And that's the danger, remember. I'll get back to my story here. I'll finish it in a second. That's the danger in setting the narrative. The narrative that is set early on, when you put people on a mental path, Oftentimes, it's impossible to get them off of it. It's just the way the human mind works. 
in the Republican Party, the right, time after time after time, helps the left set a destructive narrative only to wake up as soon as it's too late and everybody's already on that path. Oh, wait, this is actually terrible for you and bad for your freedom. Ah, what are you guys thinking? They were thinking they were listening to you in the beginning. All right, back to my story here. Listen, the French government right now was scared. When governments get scared, governments do things. What do the governments do that get scared? They hurt people. It's really the best thing government can do. It's the only thing, well, I shouldn't say the best thing. It's the only thing government does well is hurt people. They do. And so the French government is marching on Paris, a scared French government, scared they're going to lose it all, and they're there to hurt people. It so happens they had previously widened out the streets of Paris, which actually came into play here because it allowed large armies to haul artillery up and down the streets. The French army storms into this place. And remember, the French commune, the communists are ready. There are thousands of them, too. They're ready to fight back. The problem is there were lots of troops as part of the French commune. Lots of them didn't show up to fight. They just stayed home, of course. But a lot of the communists did fight. A lot of the communists did fight. So they got slaughtered, absolutely slaughtered. The communists are not only getting shot, Anybody who is found to have gunpowder on their hands is shot immediately. They're shooting men who have beards. If you're a young-looking dude who has a beard, I know because it's weird. Uh, Apparently that was some kind of symbol that you were part of, the socialists or the communists. If you're a young-looking dude who has a beard, shot. The the communists are begging the government, stop shooting all of our people. Because the government's shooting everyone who surrenders too, thousands of them. And the communists decide, if you keep doing that, we're going we're gonna to kill our hostages. And they do. They end up killing the Archbishop of Paris, the communists do. But the government doesn't stop killing people. They call this the bloody week for a reason. By the time they're done, there are, and all we have are estimates, 10,000, maybe 20,000 communists dead in the streets. The government is simply piling them up into dug ditches. They're piling them up into mass graves. They're all in hiding now. The communists are shaving off their beards and and, and putting on tattered clothes to look homeless and stuff like that to try to get out of the city. Thus ends the first 71-day or 72-day, depending on how you look at it, reign of communism with any significance in the history of the world. That is is the Paris Commune. Scared governments. When you make one scared, it's hard to make one actually scared. Right? And I don't mean we're nervous about this. Or, oh, interest rates can be weird. Ooh, I don't like that China's got a ship here. I don't mean that. I mean you make the people who are in charge personally afraid for even a brief moment. They will do what governments always do. They will look at the power they hold in their hands and they will hurt people because they are angry about being afraid and they don't think they should ever have to be afraid. They think they should have 
moved past that in life. You should be afraid, not them. I had somebody ask me yesterday by email about Ashley Babbitt. She was one of those people who walked into the Capitol and she was the one who got killed. We've almost all seen the video. It was all over social media. Cop pulls out a pistol. I mean, she has riot cops right behind her. Uh, She was kind of coming through a window. Cop pulls out a pistol and just puts one right there in her neck from, I mean, look like three, four meters away, real close. Pop, gone. And people are mad that we still don't have information on the cop who killed her. Who is he? We don't know who he is. Why Why don't we know this? And I saw somebody on the right say this. He said, if Ashley Babbitt was black, we would know everything about the cop who killed her. No, you're missing it. You're missing it. Do not let the race-obsessed nation we currently live in cloud you from what's really important. No, we would not know her killer if she was black. We would know her killer if she was a Democrat. The system got scared on that day. And I'm not going to sit here and say that was a great day. I mean, storming into the Capitol building is not great. I wouldn't call it an insurrection or or any of that ridiculous stuff they're saying, but it was not, not a great day. But the system got scared that day. You had people in Congress, you saw the pictures of them, hiding out, head between their knees, scared, calling for help, running through the building. No, it didn't turn out to be that bad, but they thought it was at the time. You, well, not you, hopefully, but people put the fear, real fear, into the people who hold power. Why don't you know anything about the person who shot and killed Ashley Babbitt, the Capitol Police officer, because the system is glad he did it, and the system wishes a few more of them had done it because the government got scared that day. That's the truth. Why am I bringing this up now? I mean, this isn't even in the news. Why are you bringing this up? Because I saw this headline report. Biden considers using private firms to surveil extremist chatter online in response to domestic terrorism and the Capitol riot. The government got scared that day. The government is scared already of the right, of an extremely armed uh, high in numbers, right? The government now completely run by the left. Every culture, forget about the government, the whole system. Every cultural institution now run by the left. They're genuinely scared that there are so many people on the right and that they're so armed. Why is that a problem? Because they're going to start using the systems of government to hurt you and to hurt me. That's what they're going to do. Because that's what governments have always done. You're seeing this now become institutionalized at every level. The United States military has a stand down to tackle white supremacy. And what do you know? What a shock. They found virtually none of it. The government gearing up to partner with private companies to surveil you. Now, I know what you're saying. Well, hopefully not, but... Hope uh, somebody out there is saying, well, it's just extremist chatter. Let's have a talk about 
extremist chatter, shall we? Hang on. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet, maybe they're animal smells, maybe you're a smoker or someone else was, just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever, ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours, I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one, get two, be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com, promo code JESSE. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man, he's called Mal Evans, who's on roadie, and uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Salt and pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's your favorite throwback podcast hosts, Jessica Bennett and Susie Banacarum, here to announce a new season of our show, In Retrospect. Which means a whole new batch of episodes diving into the pop culture moments we love and love to pick apart. From the dethroning of the first black Miss America to the legacy of a lesbian joke from four Kaftan-loving Golden Girls. Listen to In Retrospect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.